You're listening to We Digress, and we're your hosts, Deb and Dave Beto. Although our conversations are often about addiction, recovery, and faith, we do wander off topic into areas of broader interest. Thus, the name of our podcast, We Digress. In this episode, we might be getting ourselves into a lot of trouble because we are talking about feelings. No feelings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which sometimes people call emotions. Emotions versus feelings. It's going to be an interesting conversation. My my chair was squeaky. That gave me a feeling of uncomfortable. (laughs) You're keeping that in there. Um, But before we do that, before we dive into feelings, our audiobook launches today, December 10th. 2019, and we are celebrating the launch of our audiobook by giving away a physical copy of our book to one lucky winner. However, you must be on Spotify to participate. This is just for this contest. If you want to enter another giveaway, make sure that you get our newsletter and you can get our newsletter by signing up for it at debrabetto.com, at theheartofrecoverybook.com, or on our Facebook page, We Digress. Or you can go to davebetto.com. Is there a DaveBetto.com? There isn't. <laughs> should we have a DaveBetto.com? Oh, no, we should not. <laughs> but here's how you can enter for the Spotify listeners. We just started an Instagram account together. Did you know this, Dave? No, uh, he I did can... not. It's Dave and Deb Beto. That's Dave.Deb.Beto. What's on it? B-E-D-D-O-E. Um, What's on it right now, it's just a picture of us, but our listeners are going to help us fill our Instagram account. Uh, So go to Instagram, find our new account, dave.deb.beto, and follow us on Instagram. Then, if you're a Spotify listener, go to your Spotify app, check out their feature this week called Your Decade Wrapped. And if we are in your top podcasts, take a screenshot that shows we're in your top podcasts, share it to your Insta story, tag our new Instagram account, and you are entered to win. Is that too complicated? That is the most. (laughs) Then you must bury a chicken bone at midnight and run around it counterclockwise and shout to the moon. They're always like this. You know what? Every online contest is like this. Um, So here's an easier way to do it. Just go follow our new account right now on Instagram, dave.deb.beto, and you're going to find the same directions written out there. There's only 17 short steps and send a (laughs) self-addressed stamped envelope with four box tops from Penguin Puffs to dave.deb.beto.contest.entry.com. That's way too much, and that's not even correct. Somebody's going to send it there. Don't do anything that I just said. Okay. Instagram. Go follow us on Instagram. Dave.deb.beto. Yeah, that easy. There you go. And there you'll find the complicated directions written out. That's great. Cool. Which reminds me, I want to talk about that whole Spotify thing for a second, because everybody's sharing their Spotify top 10, like our kids, all that stuff they had on Spotify about your music listening preferences. It was great for them, but terrible for us. Oh, well, I share my my Spotify account with the church. And on Toddler Tuesday, they play toddler music. So most of my favorite music of the year was Frozen and Disney toddler music. And Baby Shark was right up there. (laughs) 
mine, for some reason, because we shared my Spotify account for much of the last decade, and I still don't understand this, and who would have been logged in to make Elvis my number one of the decade, and Andrew Lloyd Webber my number one of the year. So bizarre. I think there's someone using your account, and I think it's actually Elvis. <laughs> He's listening to himself. Oh, my goodness. That was so weird. But yeah, I was... I was really disappointed because I wanted to know how I was defined by my music preferences, but there's no way. You are not. Hey, by the way, the audiobook is on Audible, right? So yes. it's not like on some weird like bookontape.com. It's on actual Audible. Yeah. You can find it on Audible. You can find it wherever audiobooks are found. Yeah. You can it's find it on there. my website, davebetto.com. <laughs> it doesn't have its own website it doesn't yet. Exist. Don't go there. <laughs> what if I made you a website? I think davebetto.com actually is there's a Welsh politician, Dave Beto. You know, so I, don't support. I mean, he may be great. I don't know. I think he's part of the new Whig party. So <laughs> don't be careful of that. Just but, make sure it's the right one. Oh, my goodness. We have really digressed. What are you feeling right now, Dave? I was going to say, we're talking about feelings. I, I'm going to confess something to our listeners. Is that okay? Go ahead. Before every podcast that we do, there's always this like weirdness because we are so different. <laughs> preparing for this kind of thing. Uh, I want to be off the cuff and I kind of need to be in a positive space. And and Deb has to have everything carefully written out and planned. And also she makes way too much eye contact. <laughs> so, we talked about the eye contact thing last I'm time. I'm just saying it's happening right now. So, But emotions, so as we were talking about, like, why does it seem weird every time we start? And once we get into it, clearly the chemistry <laughs> is fantastic. So fantastic. But realizing, yeah, I don't even know if I could name. I can't even, you say what's going on, and I'm not even sure I know what's going on at that point. So feelings and emotions are a mystery often to us, but we they're not fake. They're not something we deny because they obviously impact how we live. And so this is a hugely important topic. Yeah. So I have been working for many years on a fiction book, and... <laughs> Don't laugh at me, Dave. No, I love it. It's, I can't believe you're confessing I this. I am confessing this. This and is so awesome. Seriously, it, it's fantastic. So, and here's what came up. I'm writing it from the perspective of a child. And I got to the point in the story where I needed to express something, but I thought, okay, would a child recognize I'm angry? Would a child recognize I'm upset? Well, the answer to that is it depends. <laughs> it depends on if they've been given the vocabulary or to recognize their feelings. Can they name their feelings? Later that night, I was in a group of women and we were talking about feelings and emotions. And we were talking about just amongst ourselves, naming emotions and really how hard that actually is. And we laughed because some of us, because of the topic that we were discussing, some of us were like, um, I was today years old when I realized <laughs> it was okay for me to name my feeling or that I learned what that feeling was. And why is that? It's because there are generations of people who were told it doesn't matter what you feel. Right. I'm sorry. That fascinated me so much. I actually looked up a list of what emotions I had to Google. What what emotions are there? Yes. And there was, I have a list of 27 emotions. I could probably, when I'm asked how I feel, I maybe have three. Angry, sad, happy. And you know, it's really interesting to me. Hungry. Hungry. <laughs> When I was in counseling several years ago, when she would ask me how I felt about something, my response would be uh, what I think about it. 
And it took me a lot of effort to come up with actually how I felt Mm -hmm. about something versus what I think about it. And I think a lot of us are wired that way. What's interesting, though, is between us, who would be the one who's most apt to be just feeler? You. Yeah. So I will feel it, but I can't name it. So sometimes that's super frustrating. I may feel something before I think about it. So so is it really, does it boil down to just vocabulary? If we all could just have the right list of feelings, then I could just put it in the right slot and then I'd be good? Well, I'm not sad. I'm peckish or... <laughs> That's more, I'm back to hungry. But, I know. Um, well, you know, it's interesting because I think I think that definitions are sometimes what gets us in trouble. And what's ridiculous about the English language is we have a different, like the French, we have a different word for everything. But emotions and feelings really become interchangeable. And in fact, when I looked them up in the Merriam-Webster online dictionary, it says emotions are natural instincts and responses and feelings are an emotional state. So even then, it's not not real clear what the difference is between emotion and feeling. And so we conflate the two. And I I wonder sometimes when people say, don't trust your feelings, or you got to deny your feelings, or, you know, they put this meme out there about your feelings are bad, or you can't live by your feelings. Don't be controlled by your feelings. That was what I heard a lot. We heard a lot in our education. Yeah. Sometimes I wonder if what they really mean is feelings like I don't feel like it. So, which has much more to do with motivation Mm. than emotion. Right. And I kind of want to sit with that for just a second because something like I need to get out of bed at six this morning, but I don't feel like it. You know, yeah, if if I have to overcome that. (laughs) And my husband's laughing because I don't do that anymore. I'm not laughing. I'm just noticing. I used to be an early riser. We swapped. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I I totally think that. I think, you know, what we were trained and, and like I said, when we parse sometimes exactly what somebody's saying, it's fine, but it's the tone or it's the meaning sometimes behind it where, yeah, I get it. I can't be controlled by my feelings, whatever mm-hmm. we, however we define that. There are times I'm mad at you, so I can't just say swear words or, <laughs> or you know, I'm, I'm tired. I don't feel like getting out of bed. So, hey, you can't be controlled by that. Let yourself, you have to have more motivation beyond that. But the subtle underlying message often is, Emotions are bad. If we could just somehow devoid ourselves of emotion, then we would make better decisions or our lives would be better. And that's not, that's certainly not what we found. And I don't think that's what the Bible teaches. That's not what's most healthy, mm-hmm. but that's further down the discussion. But so what you had that list of 27 say, emotions. Yeah. All right. You want them? Yeah. I'll read them real quick. Also, I just saw cookies. Why were cookies on the list of emotions? <laughs> Look, don't, I don't make fun of your Pinterest. Don't make fun of mine. That's not. Um, so this is probably from the best uh, place to find psychological information. It's from countryliving.com. <laughs> I love it. It was just the first thing that Google gave me. So uh, admiration, adoration, aesthetic, appreciation, amusement, anxiety, awe, awkwardness, boredom, calmness, confusion, craving, disgust, empathetic pain, Entrancement, envy. Entrancement? Yeah. Huh. Uh, envy, excitement, fear, horror, interest, joy, nostalgia, romance, sadness, satisfaction, desire, sympathy, triumph. I'm not sure. That, that is their list. I don't know where that it's comes not from. not like an exhaustive list. Well, no, it's the country living. Those are the only, those are the emotions you feel if you live in the country. <laughs> 
Or maybe if you look at their country living. It's I, my favorite magazine. It's not, it is not my favorite magazine. <laughs> my favorite's Reader's Digest. Is it really? Oh, yeah. What do you like about the Reader's Digest? Humor and uniform and life in these United States. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> Did I did I use that in context correctly? Yes. Oh, I have to I have to share um, my favorite thing, and I think our kids concur with this. Our um, our twenty something and our seventeen year old. Uh, I saw Johnny Cuff. He posted the other day that um, he asked his kid what constitutes okay boomer, and they said anyone, anyone. <laughs> older than high school is it qualifies for okay boomer, and that. Solves a lot of arguments. And his in response the world. was, that's totally not true. And his daughter, 16 year old daughter, said, that's the most boomer thing ever to say. <laughs> or okay, boomer. But it's really funny because we have this argument a lot with our kids because when they are joking and saying, okay, boomer, we're like, we're Generation X. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter. They, still... they they don't care. So so if you're out there getting offended by the okay boomer thing, just realize it's anyone over high school right now. So yeah. anyway, we were discussing our feelings and and why we sometimes can't recognize our feelings. Don't know how to recognize them is because we decided that feelings are bad, feelings are wrong. You can't trust them. Right. You can't listen to them. And so what happens is we've become detached from feeling from recognizing right. our feeling. And I think we've confused being controlled by our feelings and being, you know, maybe having no self-control with experiencing feelings. And so there's a there's a huge difference between expressing every emotion I have or every feeling without hindrance, without any check, without any control, without any self-control or spirit control or whatever, with acknowledging that we have them. And so the reality is it's you really do need to be able to understand that we have feelings and then then decide how to healthily express those things. Because I think if the idea is that we want to shut down negative feelings, then we're also going to shut down the ability to have positive. But I think growing up and as we were trained, we confuse being controlled by our feelings in air quotes, the idea of just expressing every feeling we had in any way that we wanted in the moment with experiencing feelings. And we begin to denigrate anybody who talked about their feelings, who talked about emotions being part of their decision-making process. We begin to kind of belittle that, that, well, that's not using reason. That's not using logic. When no, no, no. If you don't, you have the feelings, Mm -hmm. you have the emotions, but if you try to completely pretend like you don't, if you don't acknowledge it and don't understand that you're having them, then you're just living in denial of part of yourself, hiding part of yourself, part of who you are and part of that experience. You're going to make weird decisions that hurt people and hurt yourself. Mm -hmm. So what that's done, I think, in some communities, in families, in society, that we've placed a higher value on reason and your brain, your your head knowledge, rather than your feeling or your intuition, which is interesting to me because as an INFP, um, I'm a feeler. What is INFP? It's it's a Myers-Briggs personality type. When we're talking about this, about reasoning and we put a higher value on reasoning. There is a personality trait uh, that we exclude when we or say that it's wrong. So, for example, if I am an INFP, which I am usually when I take the Myers-Briggs personality test, which means the F in there means feeling. On the other side of that, it's a T, 
it's thinking. So the opposite personality traits are supposed to be feeling and thinking, which is weird. The language is tough. The language is really hard because it would say that I. You feel you're not a thinker, which which totally denigrates. I'm using that word too much. But yeah, it totally belittles feelers. Right. Yeah. And I think in our society, especially for men, feelers are weak. Thinkers are strong. I think that that is a source of a lot of conflict. Yeah. Putting people down because if you're a feeler, then you must not have thoughts. And you can dismiss any opinion, decision, action. If someone's a feeler, you can. it's easier to dismiss. So here's where we could get into a deep theological debate. Sure. <laughs> because if we believe that we were created in the image of God and God in the Bible had feelings, he was angry. He was disappointed. He was sad. He had joy. And then also that Jesus... He had feelings. He was a man of sorrows. He wept. So Jesus gave plenty of examples where he felt, right, they're not something that we need to strip away and become Vulcan. Exactly. Because if we don't... as. A friend of mine recently pointed out, if we were devoid of feeling, we would become sociopaths. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so the point is not to not have feeling. And the point also is not to not trust your feeling. Right. It is finding the blend of feeling and thinking right. of reason and our passions so that we can be not just functioning members of society, but also so that we can have a relationship with each other and a relationship with God. So we can function and have use for each other, for people and for God. That, and, and I think that's a good point. If we're just all feeler and emotion, and those kind of people are terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, unstable. Uh-huh. But people who, you know, they're robotic and they're all logic and they even kind of pride themselves on that, that work on that, those people are not useful either because not only are they not able to relate to people, you know, there's always TV characters that are like that, right? Mm -hmm. In a sitcom, there's always one extreme. But also in real life, they still feel stuff unless there's like a mental issue. They still feel stuff, but they have to pretend and work super hard to deny it and uh, squash that down, which causes a whole other bunch of issues. Mm -hmm. So just saying I don't feel or I don't like to feel, usually that means I'm going to avoid unpleasant feelings Mm -hmm. and emotions. And that brings up a whole other area where self-preservation becomes the most important thing, not caring and showing compassion and being part of society and loving people. Yeah. That was a little digression. That's okay. One of the really interesting things to me, and you just mentioned it, and when we look at personalities and we think, okay, so how does this work in a community? Because we all have different personalities. Some of us lean more toward emotion and feeling than toward reason and logic if we want to put those two on extremes, which which the Myers-Briggs personality does, and that doesn't make it necessarily right. If we put those on the two extremes, then um, how do we work together? Well, I think it is by valuing people who are more feeler and valuing people who lean more strongly toward thinking than they do feeling and learning how to work together. And what was so fantastic about this study that we were doing, the authors looked at 1 Corinthians 12, where it's talking about the body of Christ and how we we all have different function. Mm. And that the whole point of that passage is to show the value of how each one of 
of us are individually created and how we fit in a community. One of the things that it says is toward the end of that passage is that if one part suffers, we all suffer. If one feels joy, we all celebrate and rejoice with it. Sometimes we need to lean into those emotions rather than rejecting them. And this is where people who are really suffering intensely, like um, are going through grief, where sometimes in the body of Christ, we mishandle this. We push them so quickly toward victory and think about heaven and, you know, the things that are happening on earth are nothing compared with the joy of heaven. And we don't allow them to experience grief in part because if we're really, truly honest about it, we're not comfortable with their grief. But sorrowing with someone doesn't mean patting them on the back and saying, cheer up, hope things are better tomorrow. Sorrowing and grieving and walking with someone through their grief is getting down there in that hole with them. Right. Yeah. And it's not only that, I mean, it's, you know, how many times have we, I've had to catch myself saying to my kids, maybe, or to somebody like, oh, don't feel bad. And now, usually in our context and in, people understand that's a phrase that means, mm-hmm. but I'm realizing, man, how subtly over time are we telling somebody, you don't need to feel that way. I've actually said that. Oh, someone says, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you don't need to feel that way. So first of all, they're not really saying they feel bad. They're saying they're apologizing. But two, I'm devaluing what they're feeling. Um, or, you know, even more than that, somebody who's angry mm-hmm. or somebody who, you know, we try and immediately quickly get them to not be angry or somebody who's hurting is the great example, right? So I think, yeah, not only walking with them, I think sometimes we also expect it to be better fast. And you're right. I I think it absolutely is that it's uncomfortable. We don't know how to respond to it. Mm -hmm. And frankly, someone who's sad or someone who's angry or someone who's depressed, Mm -hmm. um, someone who's anxious is not fun to be around when we're not in that place. And it becomes this selfish thing. Compassion empathy, what Christ showed, you know, to come and walk among us. Mm-hmm. That's how we should be. Like you said, get in the pit with them and, you know, and and maybe do something tangible. Maybe that thing of rather than saying, you know, I'm sorry, you're, you know, do you feel better yet? Or don't be sad. We could say, here's a casserole mm-hmm. <laughs> and you don't have to feel better today about it. And you don't even have to feel like talking. Yeah. Like we love you. We're still here. Those are the moments that are uncomfortable. They don't fix anything. Mm-hmm. They don't make them easier to be around. And, but it's probably a better way to approach it. Mm-hmm. And where the rubber meets the road here, when we're talking about addiction and recovery, there's a phrase, a word called detachment. So detachment turned out to be a much longer conversation. We're going to split this episode into two episodes and you can catch part two next week. Just wanted to remind you to go over to Amazon, to Christian Audio, to wherever you get audio books and our book, The Heart of Recovery, How Compassion and Community Offer Hope in the Wake of Addiction is available right now. Don't forget to go follow us on our new Instagram account, dave.deb.beto. And there'll be pictures of our dog. (laughs) And you can enter our Spotify contest. Thanks for listening. Obviously, yeah. So Whitney Houston was wrong. (laughs) You can trust your feelings. Yeah. How will you know? (laughs) Trust your feelings. <laughs>